Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the BSN Broncos podcast. Before we jump in the show, I want to tell you about Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation with Get Around. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash BSN and save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash BSN to sign up for free to rent out your car and start making some money. Let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high, the best part of the weekend, hugging the perfect stranger. They become a friend Having a good time When the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in Every day With the good folks Down at BSN Welcome in to a Wednesday edition Of the BSN Broncos podcast Hump day, if you will um, Actually a little, a little past hump day for me <laughs> yep. Because I'm heading up to the mountains oh, Right on um so i'm feeling great feels like it almost feels like friday but not quite it's like a thursday slash friday yeah i was gonna say actually it feels like a tuesday to me because you know you had monday off but then it's actually good because then you realize like oh no we're past that it's not tuesday so it's good it's all good vibes we didn't have monday off that's true. We didn't have Monday <laughs> off. The rest of the world had Monday off. <laughs> Someone, uh, I was in like an Uber or something this weekend. They're like, oh, you get in the long weekend? And I was like, there's a long weekend? <laughs> like those those holidays have just disappeared. To yeah, me. they really do. If it's not like Christmas, New Year's, 4th of July, like one of the one of the mainstream ones, it is not, not in my wheelhouse. The real only holiday that we would truly celebrate is what, 4th of July? Because Thanksgiving, yeah, we celebrate it, but we work. Christmas, we're we're doing stuff, and Fourth of July, I guess there's nothing going on. Yeah, Fourth of July <laughs> is my favorite holiday, so that works oh, out. Oh, that's perfect. Why? You like fireworks? You like blowing stuff up? I like drinking. <laughs> that's the ultimate drinking. In day. the name of America. Yep. <laughs> you it's get like, your no, American no. flag. It really comes down to like, I love the summer. Yep. I love like being outside barbecuing and I love a few cold snacks with my friends and you get it all. And that's what 4th of July is all about. And it feels like it just feels like an eternal Friday, like the best Friday feels. Yeah, it's really messed up to think about that here on February 20th. But here we are anyway. Um, Zach, we were prophetic and I'm not like bragging about this because it was like one of the easiest things we've ever predicted. But how many freaking times have we said Emmanuel Sanders is not taking a pay cut, he's not restructuring, he's not doing anything that results in him making less money. And in fact, it was so cut and dry and obvious that he felt comfortable comfortable enough to just go on the internet and say, don't even think about coming me coming at me with a pay cut. Yeah, there was a story put out there or a poll on Twitter and it said, should Broncos approach Emmanuel Sanders about a contract restructure? Emmanuel didn't waste any time, quote tweeted it, which pretty much means you're responding to it, 
with responding to it so everyone can see right very very public and so and so it's very known with uh an emoji the first one is like an eyeglass like inspecting this right like, what's right. going on here uh there wasn't much expecting though he he then goes he says it ain't happening dot dot no way jose now now he he needs to learn that uh, apostrophes are important i think he meant jose there apostrophe what do you mean wouldn't it be over the e Oh, you mean like, no accent way. mark? Accent mark, apostrophe, accent mark. <laughs> yes, yeah, an accent mark. So he goes, it ain't happening. No way, Jose. Peace sign. Well, there you go. <laughs> Could have told you that. I mean, we did tell you that. Whenever this was ever first brought up, like in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Any, any, whenever someone asked about it. And do you think John's called him into the office and this was the exact response that he gave John? Just... <sighs> Hmm. Wouldn't it be if he was talking to John? Wouldn't it be no way, Juan? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> that would have been way better. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think John's even stupid enough to think that this was a possibility. No. Yeah. And and, and here's the thing: is a restructure would lower his money this year. It would be the guarantees that we potentially talked about. It would be extending him potentially. I guess extending could still be in the cards. That's not necessarily a restructure, is it? No, that's what I was saying yesterday. I was right. I was on um uh Orange and Blue and I said if you want to somehow have him make less money, which I think is a stretch in the first place, you're going to have to extend him. And I don't even think you could get that much of a discount on the extension. I'm thinking he's supposed to make like ten two five this year. Yep. I think you could maybe get three years, twenty seven million, nine a year with like probably got a guarantee like twenty of it. And and he honestly may say no way, Jose, to that too because uh, this is this is who Emmanuel is and. Ryan, you mentioned it yesterday. It's what makes him great on Sundays is he always brings it. He's so confident in himself. He believes in himself more than anything. A lot of people came at Emmanuel uh, and asked me, like, well, he's coming off a torn Achilles. He's 31, about to be 32 years old. Who does he to think he can say this and have this this harsh of an attitude? He's Emmanuel Sanders, and that that's who he is. So I don't even know if he'll take a $1 million discount per year in order to get $20 million up front. This is who he is. It absolutely is, and he's the type of guy who would believe in himself and say, no way, I'm going to make my 10 5 this year. I'm going to go off, and then next year someone's going to pay me $11 million a year or $12 yep. million a year. And even if it's a two-year contract, I'm still going to get the same value. I'm still going to get more value than the three-year contract I would have signed with you guys. Yeah, exactly. And and that that's his mindset. Now, last year, he was asked, <laughs> and you, you know when most players are asked, do you want do you want to sign a contract extension here? Do you want to stay here? The easy answer is, yeah, of course, I'd love to finish my career here. Or, yeah, I would love to be with the Broncos or whatever team you're with. Emmanuel last summer at his summer camp said, "I don't know. We'll we'll see." <laughs> that that's who he is. It, that there's there's not any loyalty to the Broncos. And on one side, fans can be upset about that. On the other side, you know it's good for him, good, getting the money when he can. There's never any loyalty on the other side, so I don't expect right. players to be loyal. I will say it's it's nice when they are. It's refreshing when they are. Philip Lindsay is a Denver Bronco. 
Um, you know, Demarius Thomas was a Denver Bronco. Von Miller is a Denver Bronco. Like these guys are committed to the team and I think they take pride in, in everything they do in being a Denver Bronco in that sense. It shouldn't be expected because the Denver Broncos aren't, you know, Von Miller guys. I mean, that's a bad example, but there's no there's no loyalty the other way. Yeah. So there doesn't TJ need to Ward. be loyalty one way or the other. Right. Like you can say you love TJ Ward until TJ Ward's a little too expensive and then he's gone. <laughs> yep. And for that, I don't expect players to be loyal to their team. Now, again, it's cool. It's nice. It makes them a lot more likable by the fans. Emmanuel Sanders has done a incredible job of somehow making fans think that he is super loyal to the Broncos and a great Bronco. <laughs> um, in the end, he's just a really good football player. Yep. And that's certainly worth something. But he's not a leader. He's not a team player, I would say. He's not um, a guy who's going to take any sort of discount in any way, shape, or form. And that's what you get. You get, you know, you, what you see is what you get, and and you'll take the good football play. And here's a, an important lesson to take from this: is this is bigger than just Emmanuel Sanders, too, Ryan? We 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 had a few questions over the past few weeks of saying, okay, here's the plan this off season. Uh, you're going to get a pay cut from Emmanuel. You're going to get a pay cut from Derek Wolf. You're going to get Domita Pecco on the cheap. This guy's going to take a pay cut. And then you're going to go out and sign all of these top-end free agents. And boom, now you're contending for a Super Bowl. And you and I both said, I, I love the optimism. I love where your head's at. But that just doesn't happen. And this is the first example of what, what I expect many examples to be. Maybe maybe Derek Wolf doesn't come out and publicly say it like Emmanuel did, but Maybe the Broncos asked Derek and other players to take a pay cut uh, and to restructure, whether it's due to injury or the the Broncos just think they're getting paid too much. And those players are more more of them than not are going to say no. In fact, the Broncos may reach out to ten guys this year asking him to take a little haircut. All ten of them may say no. I would be shocked if more than two of them said yes. That's just the NFL. That's just being realistic. Uh, and again, I don't blame any of them for saying no. They signed the contract and, and they uh, deserve that money. If they want to take a pay cut uh, or restructure, that's great for the Broncos. Now, Ryan, here's my question to you. You're John Elway. You know officially now that Emmanuel isn't going to take a restructure. What are you doing with him? I have a plan A and a plan B. Plan A is plan A, B. <laughs> plan B is Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. Those are my two options. Okay. Um, you cannot get worse at, at wide receiver. You cannot afford to. So any move that requires you moving on from Emmanuel Sanders requires you to at least get the exact same caliber of player. And that ain't easy because Emmanuel Sanders is really good. So that's my only other option. Unless, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. is another option. Um, What's good? Can you catch me up with that situation? He's kind of lurking in the shadows because of the Antonio Brown stuff is so high profile. But there's certainly some disconnect there between uh, OBJ and the Giants. Now, if I was Odell, I'd want to stay with the Giants because I think the Giants are on the come up. And if they draft Dwayne Haskins like everyone thinks they're going to, I think the combination of Dwayne Haskins, Odell Beckham Jr., and Saquon Barkley is going to do some damage. With that being said, I, I don't know why there's a disconnect. And, and players are players, and diva wide receivers are diva wide receivers, and he is certainly one of those. 
if he's out there and you can get him for a similar price, then I would probably put him above AB because he doesn't seem quite as crazy. <laughs> yeah. And he's on the same level. He's a top-tier wide receiver. So those two are my plan A if you can get them. If not, you got to stick with Emmanuel because I don't see another area where you can say, we got this guy and we feel like our, our wide receiver is the same or better off for it without Emmanuel's drama. So I agree. Those two guys are, are worth it in terms of their play. Let me read you some of the other – or I guess free agent wide receivers this year. Stop me if you would take one of these guys ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. Not A.B. or Odell Beckham, just Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas. Randall no. Cobb. No. Dante Moncrief. Well, okay, hold on. Okay. If you got Randall Cobb, who's certainly on the back end of his career, just like Emmanuel. 29. Yep. Um, I, I could say, like, okay, well, you got someone in the same tier. Eh, even that feels like a stretch. But at least you didn't like completely just neglect the position. And he's coming. Like, go ahead. No, I was I was just going to agree with you. He's he's is coming off an injury, only three hundred and eighty three yards last year. So maybe you get him even cheaper. What do you have the year before? I don't have that pulled up right here, okay, but no I worries. think it was a good year. So again, I think he's a similar caliber of player. You have to get uh, Joe Flacco a deep threat. I think he can kind of be that guy. So uh, I wouldn't take him over Emmanuel, but if you if you wanted to do you know a little switch there and you would say like it's a better locker room move or whatever, I, I could get behind that. Would you do it if you could save two million? No. By everything? Okay. I need to save like at least five million before I'm thinking it's any real savings. So you save ten million dollars moving on from Emmanuel. And here's how Emmanuel's contract actually breaks down. The Broncos have until March twelfth to exercise an option in his contract. That option triggers $1.5 million fully guaranteed, uh, and then it also puts some other bonuses in there. Now, if the Broncos don't exercise that, they save $10 million. Last year, Randall Cobb made $10 million. I imagine coming off an injury, I would think it would he would be making less than $10 million, but again, in, once free agency hits... I don't think you're going to get much less than what seven or eight. So there, there you're saving two or three million. Not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, Dante Moncrief. No. Pierre Garcon. No. Tavon Austin. No. Golden Tate. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thirty-one years old. So older, but not coming off an injury. Same age, isn't he? Yep. Yep. Fifteen games last year. Uh, he put up. 795 yards, 74 catches. Not bad. Yeah, I would I would take him over Emmanuel just because it's a f- clean slate with a new guy and who he, seems to be around the same caliber. And he he made 6.2 million dollars last year. Now we're talking 4 million dollars in savings if he's around the same. Maybe you get him for 5 million. So there's the savings playing in as well. Um let me just throw a few more out here. Ryan Grant I thought, no. John Brown. Can't have him. Is he... Uh, He's the, he has a sickle cell trait. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jermaine Curse. Which, by the way, I saw someone put out like a list of top five receivers Broncos should acquire this season, and he was number one. I'm like, come on, man. You didn't do any research? Yeah, that was a brilliant catch by you. Uh, Cordell Patterson. No. Kevin White. Some of these players I like wouldn't mind having on the team, right? But I'm not replacing Emmanuel Sanders with them. And that's it. Is you, you kind of want a one if you're doing this, right? Emmanuel Sanders is your one. 
And Cortland Sutton sure as hell ain't. Yeah. At least from what we saw at the end of last season. Exactly. So you need a one. There's a lot of nice, like you said, there's a lot of nice pieces here. Would I like to have Chris Hogan? Yeah. Would Cole Beasley be, be a nice little slot guy? Sure. That'd be good. Uh, we mentioned a lot of these guys. Another name on this list, Cody Latimer. <laughs> so uh, Cole Beasley, Cortland Sutton, and Emmanuel Sanders would be one hell of a, a group. It certainly would be. That that would be fun. And Cole Beasley, $3.4 million last year. Yeah, I think he's going to get paid a little more. I think so. But again... You could probably you can afford to add him on five million a year. Chris Hogan, same thing. That'd be fun. I mean, I don't like getting players who came from Brady and haven't had success elsewhere. Wes Welker, but Wes Welker's <laughs> a bit different. And Wes Welker did have success elsewhere. He was good on the on the Dolphins and then went to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if we go through that. What, there's one or two names in free agency where, where you'd feel comfortable replacing Emmanuel Sanders, and even one or two of those names, you may not even save money doing it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a short list, and that's why I say plan A is AB and maybe OBJ. Um, plan B is Emmanuel Sanders. You just – those are your only options in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and uh, man, the AB stuff is interesting with the Odell brewing in the background. And we, we got to get your guys' thoughts, and we'll do that with the question of the week in the second segment. But, Ryan, before, before we get there, there was some other news yesterday, a little pertinent to the Broncos. Of course, Ty Sambrilo signed a three-year extension to be with the Falcons. The numbers came out today? You may think the decimals are wrong in this, Ryan. Three years, 18 million dollars now it's a max of 18 million 18 million dollars for ty sambrilo ridiculous <laughs> uh but again that's what i said yesterday offensive linemen that can play even if it's just a little bit are at a premium there is such a problem in the nfl with with offensive lineman quality there's not enough good ones it's like yeah there's only 10 great quarterbacks but you only need one per team you need five offensive linemen per team, and there's like maybe 50 total very good offensive linemen out there. So when you have a guy that you think can play, whether it's at a high level, medium level, a you know a passable level, a guy that you can put on the field and not say we're screwed, that guy's worth something. And this is bad for the Broncos because it sets the market for average offensive linemen. But it's where we're at right now in the NFL. You can't afford to let guys that you think can play go because then you have a hole that's very difficult to fill. And it kind of goes into the Matt Paradis situation where it's like, man, are you really going to let him go and create a new hole on the offensive line, which is the only one that you haven't had to plug in the past couple of years, it's dangerous. Yeah, it took you how long to fill that hole at center? And, and he's been your only offensive lineman since, and you're going to let him walk? I mean, there's certainly an argument to just say, yep, Matt, write your check. Here's a blank check. Obviously, John Elway doesn't really do that, but it's risky just letting him walk. And, Ryan, people are probably thinking, didn't we trade Ty Sambrilo for a fifth-round pick back in 2016? or 2017, and everyone thought it was a win? Yeah, that's true. Now, they're also probably saying he's 
probably gone on to, you know, become a full-time starter and to get this type of money. No, Ty Sambrello started more games as a Bronco than he did with the Falcons the last two years. Last year, 16, he played in all 16 games, only four starts. He he did start at the end of the season, and, and, and the, the uh, Falcons are hoping he can be their starting right tackle this year. But he was a swing tackle. He was their backup swing tackle the past two years. Really reminds me of the guy the Broncos have right now, Billy Turner. He's Ty Sambrilo played guard a little bit in Denver, didn't he? he? He was kind of a backup guard too. Billy Turner, backup guard. He's played some starting guard, backup swing tackle. He's played some starting tackle for the Broncos. Is this exactly his market? I mean, is this what we're looking at is three years, $18 million, with some of that being incentives? Seems like it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have said 15 uh, before, three years, 15. Maybe, I mean, I guess it's not that big of a difference. It's one more million per year. Yeah. I'm sure the Falcons aren't very tied into that contract. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's really a one-year contract with an option on beyond that. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where they're at. That's that's where you're at if you're the Broncos. And, and it's an investment that you kind of have to make um, because you can't let all these guys go. You can't start from scratch. Now, I think the Broncos are are. I think we might be surprised at the way the Broncos attack the offensive line. They brought in Mike Munchak to be the guy for the offensive line, and barring you know first round draft picks and stuff like that, I think they're going to give him a lot of control over what happens here on the offensive line. And if they're able to get Trent Brown and move. Garrett Bowles to right tackle, and that's what Mike Munchak says is the best thing to do. I think they'd do it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some surprises. <laughs> that's a stupid sentence. <laughs> uh, if we see some some stuff that you didn't expect happen on the offensive line for the Broncos, I think they're going to give M- Mike Munchak a ton of power and say, save us. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here, here's one of the reasons John Elway has really liked Billy Turner is the physical tools are there. And they've always been there. He's battled some injuries. He had a really tough time starting with the Dolphins uh, and moving his way up there. The Broncos took a flyer on him. And the the Flyers panned out enough. But my only problem and concern with this, let's say you give him five, six million dollars a year. What is he? What are you paying him for? Are you paying him to be a backup guard? Probably not. Are you paying him to be a starting guard? Maybe, and and that's fair price if he turns out to be a quality starting guard. Are you paying him to be a backup swing tackle? That's a hefty price to pay for a true backup. Are you paying him to be your starting right tackle? Well, now you're getting a deal if he's your starting right tackle, and I don't like deals when it comes to to starting right tackles. The Broncos have tried to go that route the past five years. Ryan, I looked it up yesterday. If the Broncos have a new starting guard, if his name isn't Jared Valdeer, entering week one of this year. It'll be six years that the Broncos have had a different right tackle starting week one. That is crazy. It hasn't worked for them. They need to find something else that's not a discount. Uh, You know, a second-round draft pick, that's not a discount for your starting right tackle. Uh, Paying Trent Brown $15 million to come and be your left tackle and you move your first-round pick to be your right tackle, that's, that's not using a discount for that position. Saying that... I don't think you can let Billy Turner walk. Uh, you certainly can't bi- let Billy Turner and Max Garcia and 
um, Jared Valdir walk, people are probably saying, yeah, you can. None of those guys are, like, going to change the Broncos. We just talked about it. You need players. Yeah, and backup offensive linemen are getting paid $6 million. So you you got to keep one of these guys, and I just think the Broncos do end up keeping him. So my question to you, would you sign Billy Turner for three years, $18 million? You don't have a choice, in my opinion. You have to keep him because you liked what you saw from him. And you can get away with putting Connor McGovern at center. Um, but then, again, remember, that makes a hole for you at right guard. Um, and maybe you want to make Billy Turner your starting right guard because he that's where he played and you liked what you saw. Well, you just you, you can't turn around and say, okay, we're going to move on from Billy Turner. We're going to move on from Veldir. We're going to move on from Paradis. We're going to move on from Max Garcia um, because Connor McGovern can play center. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, you, now you have a hole at all these play at, at, at right guard, at right tackle, and at their backups. You have to have backups. And this is a kind of a crappy thing in free agency is like suddenly you start chipping away at the cap just to have backups. Right. But how many teams go through the, the year with their offensive line healthy? None. Almost none. Yeah. So, and the teams that do pretty much make the Super Bowl because they got lucky. Um, you're going to need depth and you're going to have to overpay for it. That's what free agency is. Everyone overpays for everything in free agency, except for the teams that are lucky enough to get a hometown discount. And guess what? You usually don't get hometown discounts when you've won 11 games over two years. Gosh, I really thought you could maybe get Billy Turner for three years, $9 million, most of it guaranteed. It would have been nice. Man. And and that's why you, you don't wait well, to sign me, players. Let me ask you this. Who would you rather have, Billy Turner or Ty Sambrilo? I mean, both have battled injuries. I, I guess Billy Turner. But Ty Sambrilo, I don't know. Except for the first two weeks of the season when he was a rookie and he played left tackle and did okay. He, he got a couple holdings, I remember. Um, he never really made a, con- a positive contribution to the Broncos after that. Yeah. Billy Turner has had multiple good games at, t- at tackle and guard. Well, mostly at guard, but on both positions, he's played passable. And I don't remember, or, or I don't know how Ty has looked in practice and, and on the side the past years in Atlanta. The Broncos were so disappointed with, with how he was in his physical shape. And because of the injuries, yes. And, and it was just time for a fresh start. So if that hasn't changed, then, then clearly Billy Turner Man, Billy I feel- Turner is a guy who's in six zero strength as much as he possibly can, trying to get better. Right. I love that. Right, that that's great. Uh, I'm so torn by this though, because I feel like you're playing a little scared by just giving him this deal because you can't give up depth, and I'm just I'm just worried that six million bucks for your backup that's so much money. But I guess you you play it as he's at worst case your sixth man. And that's still just so much money. But I do believe if you sign him to that deal, he's either your starting guard or uh, starting right guard or he's your starting tackle. And that's that's what he needs to be if you sign him to this deal. You just I, He's not a guy that you can count on to be healthy year in and year out. Who is – how much do we think Bryce Callahan is going to cost? About 9, 10, 10 to 12? 9 to 12? Yeah, I was thinking about 9. Okay. Would that be your big signing? It would be. So let me ask you this. Would you rather have Bryce Callahan be your big signing or Trent Brown be your big signing? Mm. 
Well, if you sign Trent Brown, that means Mike Munchak is backing on backing on on that, and I would love that. So I'd rather have it be Trent Brown. Yeah, me too. I mean, we've talked a lot about all these other positions that are sexy. If you could get a tackle, and heck, heck, even if it's a right tackle, I don't know what the right tackle market looks like. I do know Trent Brown is going to be a free agent. I also kind of have a feeling of all people, the Patriots might want to keep him. Um, and I bet you he wouldn't mind staying there with Dante Scarnecchia. Yeah. But if there's another name out there who who he would work with, and for him to go from working with Scarnecchia to Munchak in two years, he's going to be a good player. <laughs> yes. He would be worth $15 million a year. He I, would. I truly believe that. And then you move Garrett Bowles to right tackle, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, then, then move on. Because w- we talk about this all the time with quarterbacks – you don't want to be in a position where a guy is good enough to make you not think you have to get better, but not good enough to be good. And that's where you are right now at left tackle. If you can get out of that, put him at right tackle, maybe he's, maybe he, you know, turns out to be a really good player. Um, maybe he doesn't. And, and then you just realize that you need a clean slate. But if you can upgrade left tackle, it's just like quarterback. If you can upgrade the position, you do it. And you don't think twice about it. Broncos should be really strongly considering doing something like that. They really, really should be. That should be their splash signing. And, yeah, it would mean no OBJ. It would mean no AB. But, typically, if you were to talk to NFL people, the obviously the most important position in sports is, is quarterback. The second most important position in the NFL, some would say left tackle. Some would say outside linebacker, pass rusher. Some people may say corner. But in that conversation of, of the next three you're always going to have left tackle. And the Broncos have an issue there. And if you help both positions, if you help right tackle too by moving Garrett Bowles over and you believe he can be an upgrade there, man, that's huge to solidify a little bit with Garrett Bowles at right tackle. But to solidify your tackles would be huge. How would you feel about the Broncos going offensive line in the first and second round? It's what the Colts did last year. And they woke up the next day, and they had a great offensive line. Surprise, right? (laughs) Yeah. I would love it. I would love it if they did that, if the right guy's there. And in the first round, it's it's a little shaky on if that franchise guy's there. Ten, what you can't do is what you did with Garrett Bowles. And just take one because you need one. He's the first one off the board. You got to make sure he's the guy, especially picking in the top ten. The miss on... Ram check instead of bowls or bowls instead of ram check yeah. is just catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Now I realize, and I and I'm the number one person who says this: great quarterbacks make make offensive linemen look better. And Garrett Bowles has had anything but a great quarterback um, since he started his career. But I think it's pretty clear that Ryan Ramchek is a better player, without um, a doubt. And that that was like, it's not like this was a last minute thing for the Broncos. That was pretty much their entire draft evaluation: <laughs> yep. which one should we get? Yep. And they missed in a terrible, in epic fashion, they missed. Yep. How? I know they wanted to get mean. It's like, do you want to get mean or do you want to get better? <laughs> I'd probably rather get better. I realized Ryan Ramchek was like kind of like the nice guy of the class. But he was so much better. And there was, there was a big divide on uh, within the Broncos on which one they should get. So it was it was very, it was a tough decision for them to make and one is a player at 
offensive line university up there in Wisconsin. The other is a mean, nasty guy with the word potential on him. The tiebreaker should have <laughs> obviously been the fact that Garibalds was 25 years old. Mm. I mean, even if they were close, even if you had Garrett Bowles by two notches, yeah, you still go Ram check. But win now. There you go again. Right. Win now right. hurt the Broncos because they said, let's get the older, more mature guy who's already in his prime years so we can go after this thing right now. I mean, how stupid. Yep. Yep. You, you said that. You said you wanted to get the guy who could help you win now, and you won six games in his first two years. Meanwhile, the other guy's an all-pro. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pro bowler is a rookie, right? Yep. It's, it's brutal. It's really, really brutal. And that's why you hope that it, it's not all about win now, win this year with the Broncos, because that is great when you have the pieces in place to do that. When you have Peyton Manning in place and you have some good defensive players in place, and you go get Aqib Tlaib, TJ Ward, Wes Welker. And trade up for Shane Ray. Trade up for Shane Ray. DeMarcus Ware, you had all that. Fantastic moves. When you try to do those similar moves, when you have Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, you don't have an offensive line, it hurts you. It hurts you for a while. Shaking my head. What a terrible, I mean, what an awful decision. Um, let's move on here, Zach. And when we come back, uh, we've got plenty more Broncos talk to get to. Uh, so stay tuned with us. There's nothing more important than family. And for more than a hundred years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow. And, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right, right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast, Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens. And make sure you are using the promo code Broncos. You guys helped us out a little bit yesterday. We bumped up the numbers a bit. We're getting a lead. I'm starting to feel real confident about everyone who uses that promo code getting a free shirt. And that's worth it alone. The cost of a shirt, I think, with the sale we're currently running on the shirts... Twenty six ninety nine. I want to. I want to say. So go ahead and spend twenty nine ninety nine. Get a year worth of coverage, and then get a shirt. So you ended up paying three dollars for uh, a year worth of coverage. Essentially, we're talking a fifty five dollar value 
if not more, I think my math's wrong, I think it's even more, with the shirt, with the subscription, and they'll both last a year, and the shirt's going to last you way longer than that. Yeah, again, I'm wearing another shirt, uh, BSN shirt today. I got one on too. It's pretty much my uh, my only wardrobe when I go to work now. Like That was the best part about BSN getting shirts. It's like now T-shirts with the logo on them are acceptable work attire. I didn't. I didn't even think of that when we had the shirt idea, but that's that's a, a major bonus. It's a thing of beauty. So not only help us out by winning, help yourself out by winning yourself, and then help the the BSM Broncos community out so that everyone can get these T-shirts. Three. We might have to get a three-peat T-shirt, mm. and it's like the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. But instead of a football on the top, it's like one of those cool old school microphones. Oh man, I love that. I love <laughs> where your head's at. Three Pete. So make sure you crush that promo code Broncos. Um, go and select the annual subscription. Then there's a box that says discount code. Put in Broncos and you will get that deal and you'll help us win and we will all be victorious once again. All right, Zach. We have the question of the week here in the second segment presented by Sports Column. And I think it's one of our most polarizing questions of the week ever. We talked a little bit about this guy in the first segment, but... Let's make it cut and dry. I think the world pretty much knows our stance on this, but let's see where everyone else is standing. The question, again, presented by Sports Column right down there by Coors Field. Would you trade a second-round pick for Antonio Brown? Eric, you said cut and dry. Eric says no. Well, thanks, Eric. Simple. Simple. Sam Taylor says, for me or for the Broncos? Don't know what that means. (laughs) Keep going. Nicholas Manning says, yes, I would cut a manual, though. And use that ten million for a backer, corner, or lineman you'd get in the second. Wait, huh? I don't know. So they they think you're getting a manual and a or AB and a second? No, that's not how it works. Oh, he. I guess he's saying when you lose that second round pick, you lose the corner, lineman, or backer you were gonna get in the second round. So now you have to get that guy in free agency. Mm, and he's saying use that ten million dollars to get that guy. <sighs> yeah. The only thing is you're going to need that $10 million for AB. I mean, it goes into a big pot, but you got to imagine that savings from Emmanuel is going to help pay for $22 million of AB's cap hit. Yeah, I mean, essentially it covers the difference, right? Emmanuel's 10, he's 20. He saved 10 on Emmanuel, right. and now it's a net 10. Yep, it cost you $10 million extra this year. Yeah. Exactly. That's what's enticing. Yeah, it's really enticing. I can't. I still can't believe there's people that still think that Emmanuel Sanders and AB would both be on the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. From Sean Edwards, this is a what we call a pipe dream. He says trade Sanders for AB and a late round pick. So he thinks the Broncos are getting more. Sanders Sanders for AB straight up and the Steelers <laughs> throw in a late round pick. Yeah, that won't be happening either. What? What would you have to give up if you throw in a manual? Same thing. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's saying like take a manual off our hands and we'll give you a second round pick. Exactly. And it's it's almost incentive for them if another team is offering them a second. Right. Let's say the Dolphins or someone wants. Well, it's not going to be the Dolphins. They're tanking. But someone offers them a second round pick and you say, okay, well, we'll give you a second round pick and a manual. Then you don't have to go out and fill that hole as your number one wide receiver or number two, really, because you have Juju. No, that's smart. That's a, that's what you should do. And, and then you're gonna dump him anyway. Exactly. So might as well just make him bait. Um, Mike at night. No. Period. Period. <laughs> From Eamon Badwin, he says, "I mean, dude looks like he's been possessed by an alien, but he can play." 
But damn, can he play? So yes. I don't agree with, or I don't disagree with any of that, Eamon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe alien possession will make him a better wide receiver. <laughs> the haircuts he has too—they're crazy. What, the blonde mustache. <laughs> yeah, the blonde mustache is a little much. I but also, say. what's his name? Um, Childish Gambino. I'm blanking on Donald Glover. Yep. yep. Also, just died. He has a full oh. beard with a mustache. He died at all blonde. Well, if he's doing it, then probably that's like the next wave of what's to come. So maybe AB's just hip. But he's just like purposely weird, and he like embraces right. it, <laughs> and it seems like it's all on purpose. Right. Whereas AB is like, it seems like he's weird, and he doesn't know it's weird. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Why are people looking at me when my hair is all looking like right? This? He's like, <laughs> what, why? What's wrong with you people? Jeff chimes in straightforward. Absolutely. Oh, he adds to that. Flacco would actually have a chance with Brown and the youngins. There you go. Uh, from the sergeant, um, hell no. Okay. <laughs> from Demacy Pierce, AB's trade value is decreasing. So if a second rounder is all that it takes and Munchak vouches for Brown, I feel like, oh, it'd be stupid not to. But I personally would keep that pick to hopefully use on Hollywood Brown, who falls due to injury, or Dalton Reisner. Would rather have Murray, Sanders, Hollywood, Sutton, and Hamilton. I could still dream for two more months. No. Here's the thing. Everyone wants these guys with the second round pick that are going to go in the first round. (laughs) The thing about the second round is it's not the first round. It's the second round, and you don't get first round players in the second round unless you're picking in, like, the top three picks. There's always those guys. Who was the running back from USC that everyone loved? Ronald Jones. Yep. Like, there's always that guy who falls, and everyone says, oh, the Broncos should trade up, and they never do. And whoever's there gets that guy. But that's like the first three picks of the round, not 10 or wherever the Broncos are picking in the second round. It's uh, it's a lot more difficult than that. And I guarantee you neither of those players in Reisner or Hollywood Brown will be there in the, at the pick that the Broncos sit at in the second round. Let's say you find your starting right tackle and you're pretty confident he can be that guy for 10 years in the second round. Do you want that or do you want Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. Okay. Well, then, because, yeah, I, because I can't. I, I don't believe in that confidence. You don't know that. You were confident that Ty Sam Brillo was your tackle of the future. You were confident that Cody Latimer was the next Demarius Thomas. You were confident in all this stuff. It's There's no real – you were confident that Demarcus Walker would replace Malik Jackson. <laughs> the confident, everyone's confident in their draft pick. Most of it's BS. So what you're saying is you'd rather have this sure thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and I I can't. It's that's hard to disagree with. The only there is still a little bit of a hesitation factor for me with the price tag. Twenty two million is so so much. I was not an advocate uh, for the Broncos paying both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and that was about the price tag of what AB is right now. So it's hard for me to say that, but I guess. He's a top three wide receiver in the game. He's electric. He's a playmaker. <sighs> oh, man, but you have other ways to spend it. Let's see what other people have to say. Uh, Christian Conway says, no, I would pre- prefer a developmental wide receiver. This class has depth at the top or use the pick to trade up for a quarterback. Why would you prefer a developmental wide receiver? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. A second round developmental wide receiver. You just did that. Right. He exactly just did that. And you can't keep spending the, the those picks on the same like you can are they gonna spend another third round pick on a corner this year because they can't get it right there? 
And I'm not out on Isaac Adam. I think some people already are. I'm not. But the like like we said yesterday, first round picks need to be starters. Second round picks should be starters. And third round picks you hope to be starters. Well, the Broncos haven't gotten a starter in the third round since Justin Simmons. And he wasn't even a starter his first year. So they keep trying to to hit here, and they're not doing it. Um, Cortland Sutton was a starter-ish last year. He was a starting third wide receiver. So, again, they have to do better here. And if you just tell me you can get Antonio Brown for a second-round pick, not only are you getting a starter, you're getting the arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, an electric playmaker. Matthew Letty chimes in, no. Eric Scott chimes in and says, Yep. <laughs> Thomas Fagan, if the purpose of a number one wide receiver is to keep two defenders busy and make big plays, why not? Sanders might not ever get back to this former level, and Scangarello wants big play power. Do they have that receiver on the team now? No. Maybe, maybe in Emmanuel Sanders, but you can't be confident in that off Achilles. You're not confident in that, and then maybe they have it in Cortland Sutton, but you can't be confident because you haven't seen it consistently in games. So one thing to keep in mind here is one of the reasons the Broncos got Joe Flacco is because Rich Scangarello wanted to have a, what's the word I'm looking for, lethal downfield passing attack, a a full arsenal of all the downfield throws. He wants, you know, the, the deep flag route or the deep corner route. He wants the deep post. He wants the double move, uh, you know, deep post over the middle. All of these things. There's pretty much one guy who runs all of these routes at an elite level, <laughs> and it's Antonio Brown. <laughs> so if he was pining for Joe Flacco because he wants this arsenal of downfield throws at his leisure, why would you not go trade for the best wide receiver at downfield routes? Here's why. Would you rather have Antonio Brown or would you rather have Trent Brown a second-round pick, which should be a starter like we said yesterday, and uh, let's say a B-level guard. Uh, Antonio Brown. (laughs) Then there you go. And and that's what it's going to cost, though. And you just have to realize that. Because he brings so much electricity and, and dynamic to the field and fits so well, but that's what you're giving up. Here's the thing. Antonio Brown makes Joe Flacco better. Antonio Brown makes Cortland Sutton better. Antonio Brown makes Philip Lindsay better. So not only are you getting him, you're getting all the ripple effects from what a defense has to do to him. The, the safeties already were creeping back or staying where – let's say this. The, the safeties have to stay where they are right now because of Joe Flacco. They can't creep up into the box. You put Antonio Brown there, they have to take two steps back. And now – all of a sudden, you have so much room in the middle of the field for Cortland Sutton or an entire side of the field for Cortland Sutton because they're, they're double-teaming A.B. And the entire front side of the defense is open for Philip Lindsay to attack. So it's not just Antonio Brown for Trent Brown, a second-round pick, and, and a starting-level guard. It's Antonio Brown and an improved every skill position player on offense. But does it matter if you don't have a tackle to pro- protect Joe Flacco and and then Garrett Bowles and then you have a weaker right tackle and then you don't have a good guard and then your whole offensive line is weaker 
I mean, $22 million, that's a lot of cash. But let's remember that the offensive line wasn't terrible last season. And I think it's a misnomer to think that it is. So if you can get average offensive line play with those weapons, you win more games. With Joe Flacco, though, he's always – that the Ravens – why they haven't invested in the wide receivers is because they've invested in the offensive line. So he's always had pretty darn good offensive line play. Don't you want to make sure he has that again? I don't know. It didn't work for the Ravens to invest in the offensive line and not in the weapons. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It doesn't sound good to, to, to go even – more back on that though i don't know we'll find out here's the sad thing is i don't think the broncos are probably gonna get antonio brown or trent brown <laughs> yeah i don't think either either brown is coming this way what will brown not do for you is yeah. what the broncos unfortunately love uh i would do i would do it though and if you really really wanted to i think you could get antonio brown and trent brown hmm 25 million right there and extra money yep you could do it well, no, it'd be thirty-five million. Right, but then you save ten with a manual. Right, and so then and then I'm saying you're million. also saving on Derek Wolf and Brandon Marshall right. and Darian Stewart. Right. If if that's win now, go all in on two impact players. <sighs> that just takes me back to winning in March typically doesn't translate to winning in September. The teams that win free agency, it typically isn't good. Unless you're the Broncos. Unless you're the Broncos. They're one of the rare teams that spends big money, that has spent big money in free agency, and then it's translated to winning on the field. Well, who won free agency last year? It was the Rams. They made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, They got t- taken down by the team that doesn't even care about free agency, <laughs> it seems. But they made it all the way there because right. of the investments they made in March. And but typically, typically it doesn't happen. So, you can be that rare rare seed again though. But again, it's really only one one guy that you're spending on in free agency. Yeah, an off-season move though. It'd be huge money off-season move with AB. Man, that would be exciting. The Brown the Brown <sighs> brothers coming to town. You just have to hope that it's not a Nate Solder deal. And there is reason to believe that it's not. Nate Solder was just the best left tackle out there last year. And how old is Trent Brown? That's exactly. He's like 26 or 27. Yeah, he's young and he's trending up uh, from from his age, but also he's trending up with how he played last season and, and putting him around Mike Munchak would be huge. So they are different players, but it's not like there's no recent examples of a $15 million tackle panning out. Do you know what Trent Brown's specs are? Oh, he's is he six six three eighty? Six eight. Six eight. Three eighty. <laughs> he can play quarterback for the Broncos. <laughs> I wanna see what his age he's he's younger than Garrett Bulls and he's going into his second contract. Holy cow. You're literally just getting a, a second chance at a at a twenty five year old uh offensive lineman. So you're getting a chance to, if you want to, lock him up for ten years. Because you'll lock him up through one big contract, then you'll sign him up to another one if he's successful. God. This seems like a no-brainer. He played so well. Now, again, Tom Brady effect. But he played so well under Dante Scarnecchia and what he did for him. And I think Mike Munchak would only make him better. Like, if you could work with the best golf coach in the world or you could work with the two best golf coaches in the world, you take the two best because you're going to learn everything – Obviously, they're going to differ on some certain things. This is a dream scenario for the Broncos. Oh, let me remind you about Trent Brown. Maybe I shouldn't remind you. The Broncos were very close 
to trading for him last year for what a sixth round pick I mean it was a late round pick uh, and there were actually rumors and reports that the Broncos had made a deal it was that close and then something fell through he ends up going to the Patriots brutal <laughs> but now you have a chance to right that wrong because you're gonna have to pay him anyway um i think the broncos should sell out for for trent brown so trent brown or antonio brown i'll ask you again both <laughs> both you can make it happen if you're willing to move on from about six guys but if if i ha- if i have to start if i have to start somewhere i start with trent brown that's where so, I started. So well. I guess that's where I started. Um, you know that that changes things a this, little bit. Man, sometimes guys are listed bigger than they actually are. I'm just looking at pictures of Trent Brown, and I'm trying to find him next to other NFL players. Ryan, it looks like a dad just taking his his son to football practice, and his son turns out to be you know a starting big middle linebacker for an NFL team. He is huge. Whew. He's got the physical tools, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, some would actually argue he was too big, and I think when he started slow with the 49ers, that was probably what they thought, is he's too big. Then he went to the Patriots and played incredibly well. Um, So, again, the Broncos should get him. Um, But the Broncos should get all good players. That's what everyone always says. We, uh, We have a few more responses. LH says, yes, let's win now or bust. Hey, I think John Elway can buy into that. Uh, Broncos cast uh, comes in and says definitely a lot of people chimed in on this I think more people said yes than no yeah yeah some very hard yeses some very hard no's I just the the ripple effects is what makes it so enticing for me you're if Philip Lindsay played the same exact way as he played last year and you also had Antonio Brown stretching the field and then Cortland Sutton takes a step up and he's only dealing with, you know, uh, team second corner going one-on-one with them every week. Like you are going to have big years from those guys, whoever your tight end is, he's going to have a lot of the middle of the field to work with. I mean, look at Jesse James, you know, he went off for them and no one even knew who that was. So it is such a, is such an upgrade for your offense to be the best play, uh, best wide receiver, uh, Joe Flacco's ever thrown to. There's so many intriguing options about this. I, I'm excited for the combine because when we get to the combine, we're gonna know. We're gonna know if the Broncos are in or out on Antonio Brown. And to me, that's extremely exciting. We have everything booked. We're all good to go. Um, so I can't wait. I mean, it's it's next week. It's next week. I can't wait either. And Ryan, let me leave you with the final response. It's a gift coming from Antonio R. It's a guy saying, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Is he asking that to us or to Antonio Brown? I think it would be more appropriate to ask Antonio Brown. All right. Why don't we take our last break here? And when we come back, we will get to uh, all of your questions. Green Mountain Dental has a longstanding tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices um i have been a patient since i was three which is in 1974 you know my parents myself and now my children all go there it's just a great place to be very positive experience with them definitely new patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam also 
All colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Final segment here on a Wednesday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast. Make sure you go subscribe using promo code Broncos to help us win this thing. We know you've been thinking about it. We know you feel guilty about the fact that you get this podcast for free every day of your life. And we know that you want to subscribe. So get the deal. Help us win this thing. Let's do this. All right, Zach, third segment, of course, all about the questions. Why don't you lead us off? All right, first one coming in from Tom3565. He says, greetings from upstate New York. Our tap water is okay, LOL, but I miss the Montana water I grew up with. Okay, let's get your opinion on Smashburger. I had two burgers at the airport on my way home from Montana. I thought they were really good, but I was also hungover from my daughter's wedding the night before, so maybe my taste buds were a little off. So he hit up Smashburger and had two Smashburgers? had two burgers yeah wow love it love a two burger man um yeah the thing about smash burger is it's just so far down the list for me that i would just never go to it right i don't think it's bad it's just like if i'm having a burger i'm gonna hit one of my top five favorite burger places smash burger doesn't make it in. well and yeah and i've had smash burger here and there and it's a really good burger but there's just yeah, exactly. I just don't think about it when I when I think about, okay, I want a really good burger, and I don't have burgers a lot, so it's a rare occasion. But it's a good burger, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, he goes on to say, had some time to watch highlights from Haskins, Locke, and Murray. Damn it, guys, now I want Murray, but I guess I could get behind Locke. <laughs> if you have to watch the highlights available and just focus on the ability to put it where it belongs, the ball, that is, Murray is better than the other two. What do you think – uh, about Littleton for inside linebacker as the Rams were a little strapped cap-wise. Thanks for the podcast, guys. It's nice to hear rational talk about the Broncos' situations instead of wall-to-wall panic. As an older Broncos fan since 1976, I've seen some lean years. Glad to be a spoiled fan. <laughs> yes, spoiled indeed. Uh, Littleton's uh, he's interesting. You know, he is a, a linebacker that can be a rangy guy for Vic Fangio. Uh, he, he would make sense. I'm really not sure... What the plan is there? Is it to go try and get a C.J. Mosley, which I think would be very tough? Is it to get a guy in the first or second round and truly get Vic his guy? Or is it to stick with what they have right now? Or is it to go right in the middle and kind of get Vic his guy? I really don't know. And that's one thing I'm really interested to find out from Vic next week at the Combine. I bet they use a day two pick on a linebacker. That's what I think they're going to do. And, and and that's what I said last week is just let Vic have his guy. You know, John says round two or threes for you. You pick the guy and we'll make the move. Yeah, I think I think that's where I'm going to land on this. I think there's some decent linebacker depth. Of course, you have Devin White, who's going to be a first-round pick. Um, Bush is probably going to be a first-round pick, too. Maybe our guy uh, Tanks uh, will be available uh, somewhere in there, so – uh, it, it depends. I just think they're going to go, if it's not Devin White in the first round, which I think is very much on the table, um, I think they'll just go with a day two pick on linebacker and, and Vic Fangio will turn him into his guy. Yeah, 
I think so too. He continues and says, had some time to watch highlights from Haskins. Lo- oh, sorry. Oh, I got that got already. That. Yep. Yep. Uh, next one here is from Bad188. He says, okay, so it's cold in Chicago, maybe mid-20s. Three hours would be tight to link up since ORD is an hour from downtown. Uh, but I am around that weekend if RK is down. Now, I feel like the number of holes we have on that team are just getting bigger and bigger. Center, tight end, right tackle, left guard, wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback. That is a massive amount of upgrades needed. Man, I'm getting worried. Talk me off the cliff. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Left guard, I don't think that's a hole. I think they're going to keep Ron Leary, and that's going to be their guy there. Now, it could become a hole as soon as he gets injured or if he doesn't get healthy. But this is one of those positions where you're like, okay, we don't have to upgrade here because we have this guy. And they don't have a choice with the injury guarantees. So, he, yeah, it's not a hole right now, but it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Wide receiver is not a hole. It's a place that could be upgraded. Um, you're going to keep Emmanuel Sanders or upgrade the position, in my opinion. So I don't call that a hole. Do you feel great about it, though? If Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, I do. You, you won't know that until training camp. Yeah. Well, that's the risk you're taking by not trading for Antonio Brown. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable about the wide receiver group. Okay, so you want Antonio Brown? No. So you think they're going to go without Emmanuel Sanders and have two rookie, wa- uh, rookie no, wide I receiver think that, and two I think they have. I think they have Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. I just I think it's a hole that is a wait and see. It's not something that you fill, though. Right. Okay. Exactly. So I, I just, I'm th- thinking of places that you have to upgrade. Uh, I don't think wide receiver is one of them. Now you could, right. right? You could certainly upgrade and get Antonio Brown, but right. If you, I think if they stay with Emmanuel Sanders, that's them showing confidence in his recovery. And all, all we've heard from inside the Broncos camp is that his recovery is going amazingly. Right. So, all right. So center is, again, not a place that you need to upgrade. If you're moving on from Matt Paradis, you're going with Connor McGovern. Right, and that's just like wide receiver. I don't feel good about it, but they're just not going to upgrade it. So I guess I'm just going with the semantics here because there's no, like, it's very obvious which one of these they're going to upgrade and which ones of these they're just going to stand pat. So you mean let's look at this in, in terms of where the Broncos will spend money. I'm saying... There are certain decisions that are purposely being made that that the Broncos are saying we don't need to upgrade here. So the Broncos are saying we will will if they move on from Matt Paradis, they're saying we will willingly downgrade at center. Right. So he says that's a massive amount of upgrades needed. Mm. Yeah, well, every team has a bunch of positions they want to upgrade, but most every team has a bunch of positions they want to upgrade. Every team has a bunch of positions they know they can't upgrade. Right. And so the true places that need upgrading for me are right tackle. It's one that you really want to upgrade linebacker and corner. What about right guard? Well, we just talked about Billy Turner. He's going to be at one, at one of these places, but that's not, it's not official though. So wouldn't that still be until the money's spent and he's like named? Sure, sure, sure. So right guard, right tackle, linebacker and cornerback. Mm -hmm. I think those are the main ones because he has tight end here. They're not upgrading tight end. I guess they technically haven't spent the money on Jeff Hireman yet. If they don't, that means they're rolling with Jake Butt and um, whoever, Troy Fumagalli. And we both know that's not happening. Yeah, I think they're going to sign Jeff Hireman, and that's going to be their three. Right. Yep. Sorry to Matt Lacoste <laughs> and Brian Parker. 
Our guy, the sauce. I love the sauce. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we could try to talk you off the cliff. Here's the thing. Every team has, I mean, at least five positions that they think need upgrading that they know they can't upgrade. You just have to pick your spots. The only one that really matters that you didn't even list, and that's quarterback. Right. Uh, and I guess you're saying they don't need to upgrade there now because they have Joe Flacco. But once you have a franchise quarterback, these holes become so much more insignificant. How many times were we talking about um, the Broncos' weakness at center when Peyton Manning was on the team? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. You don't. Re- you don't really remember that Manny Ramirez was his center, yeah. and not the stud Boston Red Sox. Right, and, and you don't remember that. Um, what's his face? Sylvester Williams was playing in the middle of your three, four. Yeah. Cause Sylvester Williams sucked. Yeah. But no one noticed because Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Yeah. And the rest of that defense was dominant. So that's a perfect example. Sylvester Williams on that team. The Broncos knew they weren't getting any better than Sylvester Williams because they were spending money all these other places. They knew they weren't getting any better than Manny Ramirez because they spent this money. Well, they could have just started Matt Paradis's rookie year, which would have been better, but they didn't do that. Um, there's all these positions where the Broncos know they aren't going to upgrade and they're okay with that. You know what's the worst thing to do is when you spend money uh, or make a big move to fill a hole and everyone still can say it's still a hole. Like, and that that's why it feels, the Flacco move just feels a little empty, even though it's an upgrade. It's still, it's still empty. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if the Broncos think they can win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and I kind of have a feeling that they think they do, they can. I don't think he would have made the move if he thought he couldn't. That's a little worrisome, because if they believe that, they're not drafting a quarterback in the first No round. way. No. So, but when I hear about Rich Gangarello and how in on Joe Flacco he was, and little things like that, I'm like, oh man, they think they can win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. 34. Hey, by all means, go for it. I'd like to see the Broncos go for it because that's exciting. And if they can, you know, at least make the playoffs because of this confidence and because they drafted Devin White at 10 and he improved their defense enough and Joe Flacco improved the offense enough. And, you know, if you're thinking you're winning the Super Bowl, Antonio Brown is totally on the board for you. All these things. I'm excited to see them try. I don't think it's going to work. Quick answer. Can Joe Flacco lead them to a Super Bowl? The word lead gives can, me hesitation. Can he win a Super Bowl with the Broncos? I'd say it's possible. If I wouldn't he, bet on it. If he hadn't won a Super Bowl, what, back in 2012, would you say the same answer? Probably not, Com- no. Completely agree with both of those. Sure, I can see a situation where the Broncos win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. I don't think it's very great odds of that happening, but I could see it happening. I wouldn't be saying that. If he didn't do it in 2012, and you and there's arguments on both sides. Well, he's done it, so you can't discount it. Sure, not discounting it. That was seven years ago. Seven years, long time. Yeah, again, I wouldn't bet on it, and that's why I'm saying it gives me pause, the fact that I think the Broncos think that. I think the Broncos think that Joe Flacco just did enough to make them a contender for the playoffs and thus a contender for the Super Bowl. And they're thinking if we put the right pieces around him, we can win a Super Bowl with him. yep we'll see the draft all our answers come true my problem here is well one of my many problems is you have the third at best 
the third best quarterback in the division next year. At you, best. You bring in Kyler Murray at number four, which is what – oh, by the way, we're going to talk about that in a second. They bring in Kyler Murray at number four, the Raiders. Now I think you have the fourth best quarterback in the division. That doesn't lend to Super Bowl titles often. Um, so, speaking of Kyler Murray, I just want to bring this up. Everyone's, like, <laughs> talking about Kyler Murray to the Raiders now because Mel Kuyper, of all people, said this yesterday on a conference call. Congratulations, BSN listeners and subscribers. You've known this since the end of January. Yep, it's very true. When we were down at the Combine, uh, we, we talked about it. When we talked to John Gruden, I think it was Andre, you and me were there. That was the first thing we said to each other right after was, he loves Kyler Murray. And then we also heard some other things connecting him. It's, we've been saying this for a month. Yeah, I put, it in my, I put it in my article from the first day of the Senior Bowl. Kyler Murray to the Raiders. <coughs> That's terrifying. Absolutely and utterly terrifying. Yeah. The Raiders are going to move to Vegas with the most exciting player in football. Could you imagine Phillip Rivers being the easiest and most simplistic quarterback that you have to play in your division? By the way, Phillip Rivers is a guy that loves playing the Broncos, loves playing in Denver, and has had a decent amount of success. Oh, yeah, and he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Maybe. Some people might detract him for the lack of playoff success, but... But how about that? That's scary. Really scary. <laughs> I'm telling you. If, they just won't act like this, but if I was the Broncos, I would literally act on, on the fact, not only do I want Kyler Murray for myself, I have to make sure he doesn't land in my division. I got to get to two or three. Yep. Or one, for that matter. I don't care. Yep. And just, oh, man, if you make the two or three, hope the Cardinals don't grab him. Right. Well, again, you're fine with that. Mm. Honestly, you can't. You don't. You can't operate like this. But if anyone besides the Raiders gets Kyler Murray, you're okay with it. Yeah. Except for the Chargers, I guess. Yeah, and that won't happen, right? Right. Oh, uh, it could for sure. I just don't think he's gonna fall that far. Yeah. They could trade up for him though. Hmm. Get them their own Patrick Mahomes. I have ne- I mean, I wasn't even this confident about Baker, and I loved Baker. If I were the Broncos, I, I would sell the entire farm to get Kyler Murray. Yeah, you would. Aside from, you know, the the you have to have, like, some staples of the farm that stay. Right. Talked about this yesterday with Matt McChesney when I hopped on his podcast. And if you want to listen to that, check out McChesney Unchained wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it's just a warning. Do not listen to it with your kids. I kept it clean. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I, I didn't plan on it. Because it's McChesney Unchained. It's unfiltered. It's say whatever you want. I'm just in such a uh, groove of on this podcast, not cursing, that I, it just didn't come out. But anyways, Matt is completely unfiltered. That's what makes him great. If you don't like that type of talk, don't listen. If you might be entertained by that, tune in. We talked a lot about Kyler Murray. He said, who's untradeable? And I came up with four players. Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris Jr., and Philip Lindsay. Those are the four players that I wouldn't part with pretty much no matter what. We've well, talked that's about not untradeable. Huh? That's not untradeable then. What do you mean? If they're untradeable. I'm talking about in this scenario to get Kyler Murray. Gotcha. I wouldn't trade any of those four guys. Okay. Because you're trading proven entities that are a big part of your franchise for a rookie quarterback, which as confident as I am in him, I just not only do I not want to, I don't think I have to. Right. So... Everything else would be on the table for me. But I'm just saying, load up the picks. However many picks you want. I don't need a first-round pick anymore because I have a franchise quarterback. 
And if I see someone I really love, I can always trade back into the first round. And, and now I'm in a window where I can start mortgaging the future on the present because I have a franchise quarterback. So I'd do anything and everything. I just don't think they're going to do it. And I think they're going to end up with Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes in their division. <laughs> That'll be fun to watch. For everyone except Broncos fans. <laughs> uh that that went a long ways on that question next one's here is from true champ 24 he says hey guys the berkeley pit is regarded as one of the most toxic bodies of water on the planet you looked up the right thing just dig a little deeper Jeez, zach come on what kind of journalist are you the water is at critical level and leaks into the surrounding streams and affects the drinking water i no longer have to deal with that as i live in north idaho along Coeur d'Alene lake and uh, we have great water here bottles is just easier you might run into uh, Jake Plummer out there. He also mm. lives on Coeur d'Alene Lake mm. uh, in the off season. Yeah, well, keep your, whenever he wants. I keep guess. your eyes. It doesn't really look like a football player anymore. No, but you'll you'll recognize the beard. Man, Berkeley Pit. I guess you got to stay away from that. Yeah, stay away from the Berkeley Pit. So it's not Pit. a, a delicious like uh, barbecue place. But there should be a place <laughs> in Berkeley, California. Oh, yeah, definitely in Berkeley, California. I don't know if you can be too close to the Berkeley pit yeah, up there. People will be like, no, appetizing. that's toxic. But they should have like a copper sign. Yep. <laughs> All right, from Sutton14, Thomas87. Booming, UrbanDictionary.com. Definition two, is that fast food or fast casual? I guess you're going to have to Google this for us. What part? I'm I'm lost. So I'm go completely confused. Google booming Urban Dictionary. Okay. This is always dangerous to go to Urban Dictionary. It's very dangerous, especially well, when we're doing it on air. Well, we're on a podcast, so if we have to, we can always <laughs> cut this part out. And what's he say? Lead me to the directions. Definition two? Yep. <laughs> can you read it? Not quite sure. <laughs> if you're booming someone. Oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you're absolutely destroying them. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like, yeah, see, exactly. That's why I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, no, I think... <laughs> what does that have to do with fast food or fast casual? I have... Where where, where was the booming coming into anyways? Maybe uh, you can look through some other definitions and see if any of them um, <laughs> About apply. fast food or fast casual? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first definition... Oh, Okay, that okay. <laughs> the one we were talking about, you could use that like, oh, I just like I, I was booming this dude Madden. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, here's another one. This may be the one he's referring to because it says number two: the act of being on psychedelic mushrooms. I don't. Think so. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's certainly not the one. Um. Yeah, no, I don't think I can read the other ones. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for chiming in, son. Son, eight fourteen, Thomas eighty seven, kind of get us in trouble. Um. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> for Mister Freeze, more things that make Chipotle fast food. Oh my god, I don't even want to read this. This is so untrue. You order standing up. The menu is a giant board. Your food is served on a plastic tray. No, it's not. Uh, drinks are self serve. Silverware is plastic. The employees wear t shirts. None of these things are applicable. <laughs> that was a lot of that was a lot of evidence, though. But those are all things that are consistent in fast casual restaurants. Exactly, exactly. Just because a fast food place does it, like a steakhouse sells a burger, 
Also, just because they sell burgers doesn't mean they're fast food. Right. There's factual inaccuracies here because your food is served on a metal ah, tray. Very true. Yep. So exactly. You gotta you gotta come correct if you're yep. gonna come at all. <laughs> yep. All right, he goes, obligatory Broncos-related comment. With Sanders' injury, what percentage do you guys put on the Broncos bringing in another established receiver? With guys like John Brown, nope. Tyrell Williams, Dante Modcrief, and Golden Tate becoming available, I think they should go after vet help to take the pressure off Sutton and Hamilton. Also, I'd like to hear your odds for each position if you think the Broncos uh, – for each position, you think the Broncos draft if they stay at 10. It's hard for me to think Elway goes anywhere but quarterback if Locke is available. Man, I think so too. I don't know if I'm just convincing myself on that now. But in terms of bringing in an established wide receiver, so this is an addition. It's not happening. To Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that's it. Emmanuel Sanders is your established receiver or you're moving on from him and getting another one. Because you feel very comfortable that Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton are your two and three. So, I mean, maybe we're talking established receiver as your fourth or fifth. Yeah, that'll probably happen. But in terms of being a guy, no. Okay. Odds for each position. Um, these are It's always hard to set odds on this stuff without, like, lots of preparation. But let's just say rank your top four positions that the Broncos could go at 10. QB. That's number one. You're saying that's a that's a most likely scenario. No. Okay. What's the most no. likely scenario? Cornerback. Okay. Three corners that all probably could belong at ten. Uh, you've got Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker, and Byron Murphy. All would if you picked them. National analysts would say though that guy belongs there. And maybe one of them's off the board by then. Maybe all three of them are sitting there. Corner. Ah, oh, I have a hard time saying linebacker, but if we're going for, okay, defensive line. Okay. Defensive line because of how deep it is and Elway's commitment there. I'll go, I'll put that three though. I'll put quarterback at two. Okay. Quarterback at two, defensive line three and four offensive line tackle. Okay. Those are the same four positions that I'm thinking. I'm just going to rank. I'm going to say that if they don't go quarterback, they're all in on Vic Fangio. Mm. And they're going to do what Vic Fangio wants. They're going to say, how can you build your defense? They've already gotten Brace Callahan in free agency. So linebacker is number one. But but that's if they're not going quarterback. It's kind of like a – Right. So I guess I'd say quarterback is number one, linebacker is number two. Right. Corner is three, offensive line is four. Yep. Now what would you do? Quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three, quarterback four. Yeah, that's what I would do. And in fact, I wouldn't be picking at 10. I'd be picking at two, <laughs> and I'd be getting Kyler Murray. Yep, I'd be trading up as well. All right, um, going on here from LH. He says, just to let you know, there are rumors that the city of Sao Paulo is negotiating with the NFL for a regular season match here. If it happens and the Broncos happen to come, I must take you to McDonald's and Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> the way you talk about McDonald's paired with their opinions who have been to America tells me that Brazilian McDonald's is way better than American one only because everything is delicious, at least at most McDonald's and BKs here. We, I don't think we've ever said that the food at McDonald's isn't delicious. No, no, it's just the lowest quality. I don't think there's really any debating that, right? Yeah, unless he's telling me that McDonald's there is fast casual. Mm. And uh, actually, there's this McDonald's in Boulder that has like, you know, like the nice lights that like hang over tables at yeah. nice restaurants? They have those. Wow. It's pretty intense. Classy. But 
I promise you that that we think McDonald's tastes good. It's just yeah. I feel like I'm losing multiple <laughs> days, if not months or years, off my uh, life uh, every time uh, I uh, eat uh, it. Uh, All right, he goes on. Uh, oh, this is the Broncos podcast also. So now is where I insert a football thing. Bowles has issues, but I really believe he can become a solid left tackle with the best offensive line coach in the league. On a related note, if he can't become anything better and the Broncos have another bad season, Elway's got to go. Whoa. Do you believe Elway will still be here if Mr. B was around calling the shots? Hmm. That's it's a really good question. I do. We're three calendar years moved or removed from a Super Bowl. Yeah. A Super Bowl. How many years did Mike Shanahan get? Right. After his Super Bowl. Now, again, they were competitive in most seasons, and they were never as bad as they were the last two. But they only made it to one AFC championship. Am I correct? I don't think I'm missing something here. They made it to one AFC championship after that under Mike Shanahan in 2005. Yep. He got 10 years. Now it's two Super Bowls. So even if you cut that in half, you get five years of leeway after a Super Bowl. And I'm pretty sure I was actually on this podcast after the Broncos won the Super Bowl and said John L.A. just bought himself another five years as the Broncos GM. Yeah. Super Bowls, I don't know. I know like a lot of you guys take these things for granted, but it is so damn hard to win a Super Bowl. And John L.A. did it. And, and most GMs in the NFL cannot say they've done that. He can. He has time. There's no way in my mind that Pat Owen would have pulled the plug. Now, he'd be putting pressure on him. And saying, hey, man, we got to figure this thing out. What are you doing out there? But there's no way he would have been fired three calendar years after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it would be more uncomfortable of a place to be. Um, and John would feel more pressure. But no, he would still, he would definitely still be here. And now in terms of, it's interesting that LH links Garrett Bowles' success to John Elway's future. So he's saying if Garrett Bowles has a down year and... The Broncos have another bad season. Elway's got to go, maybe, but it doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere. No, the person that you would tie it to is Flacco. If Flacco is Case Keenum-esque next season and the Broncos don't have a quarterback of the future and they go 6-10, and 10, then you're putting a lot of pressure on John Elway. Even then, I don't think he's he would be fired. He's not going anywhere, though. No. Who's firing him? Not Joe Ellis. Who's the person that could fire him? Joe Ellis. Who's not firing him? Joe Ellis. Yep. <laughs> Next one here is from Eric Sickler. He says, all this talk about drafting a quarterback in the first might be great for clicks and downloads. Okay. Uh, but it's not necessarily the best thing for the Broncos. Well, that's where we disagree. And none of it has anything to do with clicks or downloads. <laughs> the top guys in this draft are all suspect and widely regarded as being undeserving of top 10 picks. Disagree again. Such is how things go when drafting quarterbacks. Haskins is probably the most ready physically, but he's a one-year starter in an Urban Meyer offense. Okay. These guys never pan out. Probably not true. <laughs> Murray is an athletic Rudy, five foot nothing, one hundred nothing. One big hit could end up sending him back to the minor leagues. No. Locke has a big arm, but has accuracy issues and played his worst ball against the best teams in college. Mizu wasn't great around him, but he showed no ability to raise their les- level of play like a franchise guy should. <sighs> the thing about this is that. The reason that Drew Locke played worse in the biggest games is because the biggest games were against the best teams, and Missouri was under-talented. Like, Missouri didn't belong on the same field as Alabama. And, in fact, I saw some tape against Alabama that I actually really like. Now, there's stuff that I actually really didn't like. 
But that's what's going to happen. I mean, there would never be a talent discrepancy the level of Missouri and Alabama in the NFL. And and so here here's what I would imagine Eric would respond with is, well, he didn't even raise the players around him, even though they were playing a better team. He didn't raise his level. And here's it's here's possible to quantify. Here's what I'll say to that is how many star elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now were winning national championships year in and year out when they were in college. None. No. How many were even struggling winning? I mean, a a lot. It's not like uh, John Elway. Now, this is going way back, but this is just to prove a point. He never went to a bowl game. He never went to a bowl game. Now, I know there's no bowls now, but come on. Wasn't lifting their play. Not a franchise QB. Right, exactly. And it's different at college. And, and, And I'm all about, hey, Aaron Rodgers, disappointing season last year. He was not the Aaron Rodgers that everyone talks about last year because he didn't lift his plate. And in the NFL, you can do that as a quarterback. You should be held responsible for, for all of that in, in the NFL. In college, no. It's it's completely different. And so, we, I mean, we could go around the league yeah, and see how it. many championships. Because Patrick Mahomes had a losing record. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady was hardly even a starter. Yep. Um... What about Philip Rivers, NC State? No, nope. yep, just NC State. They're, yeah, maybe going to bowl games every year. I'm sure. Ben Russ- Roethlisberger was at the great Ohio University. Yep, Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio. Um, we've got um, Drew Brees, who's a, a very good quarterback at Purdue. No, ch- no national championships. Russell Wilson transferred. Yep, from NC State to uh, Wisconsin. I think they won the Big Ten that year, but you know, no championships. Um, and that's also, you know, Wisconsin. Um, the last quarterback, I believe, who was drafted in the first round that won a national championship would be Jameis Winston, hmm. who also struggled a lot his senior year. Yeah. So Marcus Mariota competed for national championships. Um, so that just success is not a good way to, to look at college quarterbacks coming into the NFL. I don't believe because some if you look at it on the reverse side, some quarterbacks have so much success in college and then aren't even drafted or don't even make the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look at Tim Tebow. You know, a guy who won multiple national championships in college um, and wasn't even, I mean, wasn't even a a passable quarterback in terms of throwing the ball. Now, we can debate, you know, Tim Tebow, should he have played more or not all day long. But that's... It's a really hard thing to evaluate in college, and it's why you know a lot of people think the NFL needs a developmental league because there's so many different things in college that make it harder. Success can be a good thing for quarterbacks, and you shouldn't completely disregard success, but you just have to go off the way these guys play. You have to watch the film and see the way these guys throw the ball. I don't, I, it, I don't care if Kyler Murray had won six games in Oklahoma this year. I could watch him and say, that guy puts the ball in the right place. Now, the way that he plays makes it pretty much impossible for a team in the college level, how good he is, to win six games. But if somehow he put on the same tape and defense was just trash, they lost all these games, I would be able to say, okay, well, they went six and six. But I can see on the tape that he puts the ball in the perfect place more than anyone else. And he scrambles with great efficiency. He's not a running quarterback. He threw about eight, he threw 89% of his passes from the pocket. And I can see this stuff and say, that guy can play in the NFL. You can't go too much off that. Anyway, we'll keep reading his comment. 
Locke looked good at the senior bowl, but they play base defense there. Reaching for a quarterback in the top 10 when there isn't a guy there that's capable of being the long-term answer is irresponsible and reckless. If they fall in love with a guy in the process, fine. But taking one just to take one is a huge mistake that will bite us in the end. We have too many other glaring needs that can be fixed by a superior talent at 10. And how many times have we said exactly that, Zach? What? Hundreds. Take a guy if you love him. Yes. Stay away if you don't. And 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 I was actually just going to clarify that because I had someone reach out to me uh, after listening to the pod and say, so you're just going to take one to take one? No. No, no, no. This is going off the assumption that they love a guy. I, you're never going to draft. Why would you ever draft a guy in the top 10 that you don't fall in love with, quarterback or not? No, this is going off the assumption, of course, that they fall in love with with one. And it doesn't mean it's the number one quarterback, but regarded by many. Uh, if it's just their guy, Patrick Mahomes is a great example of this. The Chiefs fell in love with him. Clearly, the rest of the NFL didn't. He was on the board after the top 10. So clearly, they were right. It doesn't need to be consensus that the NFL thinks he's the best guy. Uh, and so I agree. If he's not your guy, don't draft him. What I will say, though, just really quick, let's say you have at 10, one of these quarterbacks is here, and you have an 82 grade on him. And there's four other guys on the board with, with 90 grades. Still go with the quarterback because that eight difference, what's that mean? I mean, it means nothing. If you're not actually going to have a quarterback, those 90 players on your team aren't really going to mean much. So you still take a tiny bit of a dip. But when, when I mean if you're not in love with him, I mean if the guy's a 70, then yeah, you don't go with him because you believe he's not going to be anything. Here's my thing. They should be in love with one of these guys because I believe all three of them can be, that will be is all depending on the situation. All three of them can be franchise quarterbacks. And I believe that Kyler Murray will be a franchise quarterback. I believe that Dwayne Haskins can be and that Drew Locke can be. Now, again, Kyler Murray could get messed up by being in the wrong system and some team, I don't know, is idiotic and wants to throw him under center 90% of the plays. I think he can play under center in the NFL. I think if I'm the Broncos and I'm thinking of running the bootleg, why would you not have a guy who can get out on the edge of the defense faster than anyone else on the bootleg? You know, like, how long did it take Peyton Manning to get out there when he was running those bootlegs? And, and the Broncos ended up going away from it mostly because they, the play doesn't develop correctly. Kyler Murray can get out there in a flash, and he'll be able to see, is that tight end in the flat wide open? I'll just dump it off to him. Do I just want to run and get eight yards and step out of bounds, or do I see that deep post down there that I can hit? I love the idea of Kyler Murray running uh, the bootleg. Anyways... Sorry for getting defensive. It just kind of got under my nerves when you said we were doing this for clicks and downloads. No, all we ever give you here is our honest opinion. I say the Broncos should draft a quarterback in the, in the first round because I am in love with especially one of these guys, and I really like the other two as well. If they hate all of them, I'm not going to say just draft a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. I'm saying they should be have one of these guys that they like because if – if they don't, then I'm not sure what they're looking at. In where the Broncos are at in their quarterback room right now, their current one and their plans for the future, I like all three of these guys enough to grab them at 10 or to move up to, to get the one that they love. And we don't know exactly which one that is. We'll get some intel next week. Um, but, Eric, I, I also, you know, you, you, you have very good points about there are deficiencies in all of these guys. You could say that about any player, specifically quarterback, Except outside of Andrew Luck, I mean, even then you could find some things. But every quarterback, even ones taken number one overall, you find there, there's so many flaws. 
I want to talk about the Lincoln or the uh, the um, Kyler Murray stuff here because he said he's five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, and one big hit could end up sending him back to the minor leagues. When have you ever seen that happen? Like, did one big hit send uh, Philip Lindsay to the injured reserve? No. Philip Lindsay took a ton of big hits all season. Well, not a ton, less than you would actually think for a smaller running back. But the the one that hurt him was just a fluke. It has nothing to do with his size. He just stiff armed a guy and it, and he hit his he or he put his arm out. And he hit a guy's helmet weird, and, and it messed up his wrist. It has nothing to do with his size, in my opinion. This, this isn't like some sort of. I don't know, WWE where like guys are just body slamming dudes and their ribs shatter. No, this is football where guys get tackled and Tyler, Kyler Murray has been getting tackled his entire career. He's also extremely good at not getting tackled. I was listening to Lincoln Riley uh, the other day. He said he's never seen a quarterback who felt better the day after games. He said he was like Barry Sanders out there. He would, you know, maybe take a few hits, whatever. I never saw him hurting after a game. One, part of that is because he had a great offensive line in front of him. But two, it's because he doesn't take hits. When there's pressure, he doesn't just get slammed. He just runs away from the pressure. And when you watch him in the open field, he's really smart. Why? Because he's been small his entire life. It's like Earl Boykins. He didn't get swatted a lot in the NBA because he's been his entire life he's been having to figure out how to shoot over big guys. Kyler Murray's entire life he's been having to figure out how to throw over offensive linemen, how to not get hit very hard because he's a smaller guy. He's as good. He's... He's as well-prepared as anyone to not get hurt in the NFL. And also, with any person ever in the NFL, one play can ruin their career. It's, it's a, it's a toss-up. I, lo- I love your defense on, on the small guys. I really appreciate that, Ryan. Got you. Nacho Brad chimes in and says, Whoa, Case Keenum is not McDonald's. Case Keenum is a hot dog stand outside of the bar at 2 a.m., staffed by the guy who bought the cart 10 years ago and hasn't changed the oil since. Sure, you want that hot dog to be amazing. You want to believe that hot dog will satisfy your growing hunger. But one bite in, you realize you've made a terrible mistake and you probably should have just stayed hungry. Incidentally, Super Bowl 50 Peyton Manning is the $5 stake at a gentleman's club. It will get the job done, but it's not the reason (laughs) that you're there, winky face. That's good. That's good. Um, I can't relate to the hot dog stand outside of the bar at 2 a.m. I'd rather have that than McDonald's. <laughs> or the $5 steak. Can't relate to that either. <laughs> All right, next one here is from Mr. T. No question here, just a dose of optimism. Whether the Broncos go wacko for Flacco, lock for lock, tank for Tua, or lose for Lawrence, <laughs> we should always count our blessings that they didn't go crazy for Cousins in 2018. <laughs> After one year, Denver knows Keenum isn't the solution and can dump him and restart. The Vikings are screwed. It's very true. Yeah. And I think they did go crazy for Cousins. They just didn't – they got lucky. As John Elway once famously said about Brock Osweiler, some signings are – some of your best signings are the ones you don't make. Yeah. And and what gets – what what got lost because it all happened very quick was the Broncos did. Their first call was to Kirk Cousins and, and his agent right when that unofficial window opened. They found out either he's not interested or they found out it, he's too – expensive for him they didn't want to pay that much and they moved on so yeah it does get lost they did want him (laughs) sure did all right from 702 pilot can we stop talking about fast food and all the places i don't have in mississippi i have to go at least an hour for anything remotely close to chipotle thank you air force Mm. i don't know what that means now on to football 
I do think the Flacco is an upgrade, but he'll basically cost us 28.5 million, 10 mil for leasing case, as opposed to 21 for case. So is he really worth the 7.5 mil upgrade? I think so. I agree that we need to draft quarterback in the first round, but my intrigue is in the later rounds. That's where we need our depth to get some young guys exposure for the future when our first round pick is now the starter and we make a push. I think we need to trust Mungchek and let him do the work on the offensive line and give Fangio weapons to work with in free agency and draft. Besides Callahan, where where else do you think we should go in free agency? Because I say goodbye to Roby as we because we say goodbye to Roby and Wolf. Unfortunately, thanks for the great content as always. P.S. I fly with Broncos gear underneath my flight suit. Always represent. <laughs> that's awesome. Seven oh two pilot. So we got ourselves an Air Force man. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is awesome. Oh, and the Air Force put him out there in, in Mississippi. Now it all makes sense. Yep. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you, 702 Pilot. We need to get you some BSN Broncos gear. Yes, we certainly do. Having oh, man. Under, your, under your suit. That'll be that'll be awesome. And so where do they go in free agency besides corner? Uh, they could go defensive line. Um, a big man in the middle if they move on from Domita. Uh, Gerald McCoy would be awesome. To oh, have. man. Could you imagine Gerald McCoy? And what if they added another guy at 10? What if they just go all in? On the defensive line, no, I don't think the Broncos are in a position to spend money, big money in free agency, and the number 10 overall pick to do that. But, whew, that'd be danger. Gerald McCoy would be really intriguing if paired with be. Devin White. Because mm. Matt McChesney made a great point yesterday when I was on with him. He said, Brandon Marshall looked great when the defensive line in front of him was great. That's when Derek Wolf was at his peak. Malik Jackson, um, you know, uh, obviously the pass rushers. The front really you know like you have in a three four it's really a front five with your two pass rushers right they were out of their minds that year and brandon marshall looked awesome yeah then all of a sudden malik jackson is gone the defensive line takes a big step back and all of a sudden brandon marshall looks like trash so So what i'm saying is if you put devin white that caliber of linebacker between behind a solidified defensive line you're going to get an even better product. But wouldn't that just be almost wasting resources? Instead, wouldn't you go defensive line, make that defensive line great? And then Todd Davis and Josie Jewell are going to look great. I understand if you have a Devin White, he makes them even better than that. But if you're great at linebacker on the inside instead of exceptional, isn't that worth it than using that 10 pick on a corner or somewhere else? Sure. Yeah, you can make that case. I just I'm just thinking of like front seven. And if you just had this this front seven that was just off the charts yeah. good. Yeah. I mean it's essentially what the Bears did. But right. they also had Bryce Callahan out there, Adrian Amos in the secondary. Um who's the other guy? Uh, Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jack there's Eddie Jackson and Eddie Goldman. I think Goldman okay. was on the line. Jackson was in the secondary. Yep. Eddie Jackson played out of his mind yep. in the secondary. Um but all of that it all, I mean, it can all be tied to each other, right? The front seven played great, which helped Bryce Callahan and Eddie Jackson look great, which helped Adrian Amos look great, which helped Khalil Mack look great, which helped Roquan Smith look great. It, you know, it's it's a machine. There's gears, and all the gears have to work in unison. Ryan, I completely agree. Really quick, though, we've started a, uh, a national trend. On ESPN right now, they are talking about is in or out or are they in or out on In and Out Burger? Apparently, DeAndre Fox called De'Aaron. it. De'Aaron Fox called it trash. I didn't see the word. Yep. Wow. Sounds like you. Smart man. So he's been listening to this pod. He has, and also yesterday I saw Nine News did a feature with the or with the Rockies down at spring training where they asked them if they thought it was overrated, and I think they talked to three guys. All three guys said it was overrated. They clearly were just pushing an agenda. 
They only put the guys on TV that said that. What's weird is that the two people who filmed it were like, um, were like offended that they were saying In and Out was overrated. I'm like, you couldn't have dug deeper and found a guy who actually <laughs> likes it. One of the guys I couldn't even tell who it was um, said he used to eat it a ton when he was in the minors. Uh, in the Arizona League or the California League. I think the California League. He said, I used to eat it all the time, but it is still overrated. <laughs> no, it's not. not what is protein good. style? Do you know what that is? Um, it's no bun, lettuce wrapped instead. Okay, a lot of the guys said they get it protein style. Okay, well, I mean, if you're that doing That doesn't it, make sense to me. If you're doing the healthy option, you're not getting a fair way well, no, to judge it. I think they've had the regular, but they're like, I get the protein style now, probably because they're a professional athlete and they're <sighs> trying to... Man, I wonder how many they crush. A protein style, like no bun, Why that's a lot that of called, filling. I mean, I get, I get, shouldn't protein style have more protein, not right. just less carbs? Yeah, it should be like the four by four. Or like some sort of sauce on it that. A protein packed sauce. <laughs> like it's like cheese, cheese, it's like queso and protein powder. <laughs> uh, anyways, Mark Shipper, did we, yeah, we talked. Uh, Mark Shippers comes in and says, Qdoba is greater than Chipotle. I've had them side by side for the first time each a few years ago, so I wasn't going in bias to either one. Go Denver and go BSN Mark in Kansas. Uh, wow, going side by side. That's impressive. That's an impressive taste test. Um, I like Qdoba more than I used to. I like the, the options you get there. So if you want options, you, you clearly go Qdoba. If you just want that burrito, Chipotle, it can't be beat. Yeah, the whole thing where they made it so guac is free and queso is free, yeah. but you, but every burrito costs the exact same price was kind of a ripoff to me, the guy who doesn't really like guac or queso on my right. burrito. Now, now yeah. their queso is amazing. I'd just rather have it with chips on the side than if I want like one bite with queso, right. I can have it. Yeah, I don't really do queso on the burrito. I it's do it- good. In- like, I'm not- diminishing it it's just i i'm not big on it whenever i go there i never get a burrito i just get nachos because then you're pretty much chips and queso with other stuff and you can get like rice beans and everything on the nachos it's essentially just like a cheaper way to get a burrito bowl with chips (laughs) exactly yep way to scam the system yep uh yeah i I put kudo like i don't dislike qdoba but i put it behind illegal pete's uh on this on the ranking of three I'll put Chipotle first reluctantly. I wish I could say Illegal Pete's was better, but it's just not. No. Um, could you imagine uh, Chip- Chipotle burrito with Illegal Pete's chips and queso on the side? Yeah, see, that would be great. This is killing me. Uh, me too. Um, <laughs> Chipotle, Illegal Pete's, then Qdoba. Yeah, I would agree. Nick Cox chimes in and says, What's up, my fam? I'm an, un- or I'm an old, uncool dad. I shouldn't talk like that. <laughs> Anyways, since AB is changing his name to... to his name to me, Big Chest, or to Mr. Big Chest, it would be hilarious for Emmanuel, who obviously doesn't like AB, to post a video about how everyone should call him his own nickname. It would be very similar to AB's nickname, except a different... Is yeah. it cut off? Different name? Different. A, a different name. It, oh, a different area of the male body. I don't know why I thought that would be funny. That is all. I see what you're saying. Sorry, his comment was cut into yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. That was that was tough. I'm thinking it should be Mr. Big Check. That's what I was. Oh man, that'd be good, especially with AB talking about the guaranteed money. Yep. Oh. The problem is Emmanuel, his checks are smaller than AB, so that's that is a, a little bit of a, a a difference. And they're going to be a lot smaller moving forward. 
Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> for him. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. Thanks for everyone who chimed in. Sorry that I got a little defensive there because I don't like to be said that we uh, we do things for clicks or downloads. We just do. We give our opinions. We tell it like we see it. And that's what we really try to stick to. So anyways, I think most of you guys know that. And we really appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for subscribing using the Broncos promo code. The promo code is that simple. It's just Broncos. Um, But that's going to wrap it up for us today. So we will talk to you tomorrow. BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Where you say